Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Reproducibility Podcast, Season Two.、Uh, today,、uh, you've got four of us. The、Woo! almost the whole crew.、Um, so I guess I'll introduce myself first.、Uh, I'm Will. I'm coming from the University of Chicago,、uh, which is on the lands of the、uh, Peoria, Kickapoo, Miami, and Potawatomi nations.、Uh, I'll throw it over to you, Sarah. Hey everyone. So I'm Sarah. I'm coming to you from Saint John's. That's on the ancestral homelands of the Yafuk, and the island of Newfoundland is part of the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq. Over to you, Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm here in、uh, Namekin in、uh, the Netherlands. I don't have anything more to say on that. <laughs> and I'm Jan. I'm in Alto University, Finland. And. Yeah, awesome. So before we start, do you want to share? Do you want to share why you say your land of acknowledgement, Sarah? Yeah. So the the land acknowledgement is, I think, an important practice for us to do for those of us who live on stolen lands. That includes at least all of the Americas and Australia, and New Zealand, possibly other areas that I don't know of, but that's what I'm most knowledgeable about. And as much as the land acknowledgement doesn't Fix anything. To me, it's important to think about my position as a settler on stolen lands and what that means for my work, the relationship that I have with the land. And it's important to me that these aren't pre-recorded, so I always say them for every episode, so that it forces me to think about: Yeah, I'm on stolen land. What does that mean? How do I do my work in relation? To that land, and the colonial history of it. Yeah, awesome.、Uh, so that's a great segue, I suppose, into、um, what we want to talk about this episode, which is、uh, the community that we want to build with this podcast. So,、um, who we're trying to、um, reach as with this podcast, and what we want our community to look like, and Also, later we'll talk about how we can,、uh, how you as a listener may be able to engage with us、uh, to help shape our podcast. And so the reason、um, I think it's a nice segue is,、uh, yeah, thinking about our here as hosts, I suppose that we have a little bit of our power and a little bit of、um, uh, there needs to be a bit of like an individual、um, understanding of that and that and. Uh, how we're trying to highlight certain voices or certain topics or certain comments, things like that. Anyway,、mm. so、um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Sam.、Oh, Sam, as monster. <laughs> <laughs>、um, uh, do you do you yeah? What do you what do you think about as、um, our listener base? Like, who who do you think makes up our listeners, and who are you trying to sort of maybe speak for or、um, speak to? Yeah, so I guess when when we started the podcast, and even in a lot of ways when we started the Journal Club itself, I guess we were speaking to largely early career researchers, largely folk that maybe weren't connected to either as many other people or as strong of a community around openness, reproducibility, open scholarship, open science, whichever phrasing. <laughs> You personally、mm-hmm. use、uh, and understand it to be,、um, 
because it is something maybe less so now, but definitely four or five years ago was quite alienating. Um, in many ways, you could be the, the one person in your lab, your department that kind of wants to speak about this stuff and incorporate it within your work. Um, but maybe don't get the chance. Um, so I guess my, my impression is that that's probably still, still the case is that we, we intentionally have kind of an early career researcher led group among us of PhDs and postdocs. Um, and that's in many ways intentional. And we've pretty much, I don't know that we've ever had a guest that's in a more kind of senior career stage, which in, in some ways, again, is intentional to try and sort of elevate those early career voices, which I think is a, is a kind of community mm -hmm. point because at least one of the potentially nice things about open science, um, and some of the spaces around it, for example, uh, SIPs, as I imagine came up in the uh, SIPs episode, is that by kind of elevating ECRs and acknowledging that they're doing a lot of this open science work, um, you can sort of flatten out the hierarchy a little bit, mm -hmm. um, while also kind of acknowledging that we do have some power and agency within this. Um, so, in a very non-exclusive <laughs> way, I imagine that we're going to speak mostly to ECRs. Um, I imagine that sharing experiences of early career kind of stuff is going to resonate a lot more with early career people than later stage career people anyway. Um, so I kind of hope that we can also provide some representation for the early career folk that I don't feel like are massively well represented in these kind of podcasting spaces where as far as I've seen so far, the vast majority of the kind of big, well-known podcasts are either people that are quite big and well-known or they're very senior. So they kind of, they can do this on the side and it's kind of cool if it works, cool if it doesn't, but it can be a nice little pet project as opposed to being part of a community. So um, who counts as ECR? Oh, don't do I, that. I have... <laughs> I've never gotten a straight answer from this. I mean, there, there is no straight answer, right? It, it changes by country. Mm -hmm. I, I, I always get a little bit confused when you have people that are in essentially tenured positions with large grants that still count as early career researchers, because I think some you like you have a more constant position than ninety percent, ninety nine percent of other people mm -hmm. in this. But I, I also don't think there's any hard limit that we can apply. Um, so what is the bottom end? Because I remember clearly when I applied for this uh, steering committee position um, and you had written out, especially we're looking for ECRs, I thought, hey, I'm a PhD student. I'm as early as, as they come, right? And people told me, yeah, no, you don't count as an ECR yet. You're not a career researcher yet. Hmm. Yeah, I think those are like arbitrary definitions. So like yeah. grant funding agencies and uh, society, professional societies seem to have a different definition of early career. And I think when Sam talks about it, um, it's more so we're talking about the postdocs, the graduate students, the, the hopeful who want to be graduate students, lab managers, research assistants, 
who are just new into this um, scientific research space. And um, sure, I, I'm, I'm happy for junior faculty to take on um, some of the early careerness as well, because obviously, well, in my mind, they're obviously, obviously, they're also, they're also on shaky ground, <laughs> pre-tenure especially. Um, so I'm happy, like, so, yeah, I think that's what we, when we use the term early career, that's who we're broadly trying to reach out and represent. Um, yeah, it's very much intended to be. So almost like not tenured. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's intended to be as, as broad and yeah. inclusive as possible. I guess if you identify as early career, your early career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. Yeah. L let's not gatekeep what counts as early career. Cause that's yeah. a, it's a ridiculous thing to count and B it's a way to abuse <laughs> early career people right. and not pay them for doing a career in research, i.e. Mm. produce academic research that is exactly what grad students do. Absolutely. But that's maybe an unnecessary rant for me to go off when we're talking about <laughs> our lovely early career community. Happy, happy thoughts. Well, <laughs> let me let me maybe shunt the conversation in a different way because I think um, one way the podcast community may be different to our wider reproducibility community is that I think it's important that we have some listeners or yeah, some listeners at least that aren't early career so for example you know mid-career late career faculty some sort of um those in sort of higher positions in the hierarchy um i'm thinking like department heads i'm thinking uh yeah senior faculty i'm thinking people in uh who work in the funding agencies because um hopefully if we do this right and we elevate and empower early career researcher voices and also share our experiences as early career researchers from them listening to this kind of content they will get a better sense of what is going on and there'll yes. be a bit more crosstalk and potentially a few more discussions um, yeah. about on this platform um, listen but don't speak and then we right. can have conversations in other places but like I think for, for this platform, for anyone who's not UCR, it's a place where you're welcome to listen. And then we can we can talk on other channels. We can talk on Twitter. We can talk in other places. But on the podcast itself, we feature early career researchers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, I think when we started season two, we a lot of the conversation was that we noticed that there wasn't prominent early career researcher voices in the uh, science reform space, at least to us. Um, for example, I know Sam has done a ton of work in the urban science movement, and um, it seems like, uh, I, like I personally would love people to, to like take on board what Sam's experience with early, early being like one of the leaders in the early career research uh, uh, science reform movement has been. Right. And let's kind of, um, but when people, when you like sort of see sort of, um, like media, uh, about the open science movement, or when you see, yeah, like voices on Twitter, for example, it tends not to be who I think are the leaders who, who I think have been the leaders of the movement from the grassroots side. It seems to mm. be 
the faculty or the prominent meta science researchers or the you know, things like things like that, which like they deserve a like they've obviously shown some initiative and leadership and deserve some voices, but I think there's there needs to be sort of more, you know, uh because they're more prominent and they're in positions of uh like security and so on and so forth, they just they get more opportunity to have their voices heard and to be seen. Whereas um early careers such as tend not to be. Right. Again, it's about power, so, right? And we're I mm. think part of our goal is to maybe not balance, but a little bit rectify that imbalance. Hmm. Right? To I'd give a so. bit more space for the people yeah. who, yeah, aren't being heard right now. And very much so the the challenges, the opportunities and the risks are very different, I think, which you can kind of see in some of the discussions in the open science community around various research practices. And especially when you see discussions of mandating anything, you tend to see this discrepancy between the the more senior folk are more willing to kind of go a bit hardcore, which is great, but also they're in a position where if they produce less, they're not going to not be able to get a faculty position example right mm-hmm. um which isn't to say that there are structural things that shouldn't be changed etc but the challenges are different so i i always find it more interesting and encouraging to me to hear from early career people about their experiences rather than senior people often about their kind of unsolicited advice for how we should navigate this space <laughs> given that they're uh, I'm trying to be polite uh, yeah. given that their experiences, their requirements for what they need to do are, are different um, it's not to say that it can't be useful but also that um, I think experience can, or sharing experiences can maybe give us in more than even us sharing random bits of advice that have worked for us they're going to be very idiosyncratic. But again, that could be another tangent that I shouldn't take us down. Feel free. No. Don't encourage it. <laughs> uh, I mean, we joked about a spill the tea segment to our podcast, which could be, it's just kind of relevant to that, right? Like, um, yeah, like early career researchers face unique challenges uh, currently in the research system and uh, yeah if no one is taking stock of that or noting that then early career research career researchers tend stand to lose right from any change any reform uh, any new policy or lack of policy any mm-hmm. inaction well speaking I'm of gonna, i'm gonna oh go ahead speaking of segments maybe that's something that we can we can add if the community is interested, right? So let us know. Maybe we add something like at five minutes at the end of every episode of like, what's the tea this week or something like that. And we could have little yeah. tidbits in there. But part of, I think what we want to do as well is to make this podcast what you, our listeners, want and need from this space. So we really want your feedback tell us what you want to need from this type of space from this type of community and we want this to be 
collaboratively built between us and our listeners. And another way to get involved is actually coming on to the podcast, mm -hmm. right? And being a being a guest, we'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to meet people and make new friends through this platform, <laughs> if possible. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe yeah, right think... now we've been saying like reach us individually, but maybe we start a podcast hashtag, and that could be a way that you can flag us. What do we think? Just like reproducibility podcast. There, there has there has to be a pun somewhere, like like coffee pods. <laughs> Like coffee pods is a thing, right? There must be tea pods. I don't know. There must be something. Uh, I was just thinking hashtag reproducibility podcast because it's easy and that's wouldn't so be confused long, with any though. other. I know, I've, I've seen longer. So many characters. You can just always <laughs> end the account though, right? There's a podcast account? Shows what I know. Yes, the global reputability okay. <laughs> Twitter account. That's what we will be using for it, yes. Oh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Once I figure out scheduling. Largely because it, it was the central one that kind of became mine, Amy's, and Sophia's way of kind of mostly sharing podcast stuff and general updates, okay. but it kind of went cold for a while. I'm, I think because managing a community Twitter account takes effort, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And as we all know, the last few years have not been a friend to uh, additional interests outside of one's basic needs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that it's will be coming. Most of and community managers a job. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Would you like to be a community manager for reproducibility? <laughs> we have no money. Um, <laughs> yet. Which, yeah. yet. Something we're yeah. thinking about. But yes, nothing, yeah, sorry, nothing fixed right now. Can't guarantee anything no. at the moment. No. And maybe, um, so Sarah's point about, um, and Will's point about sort of having people as guests and getting involved also kind of brings up the broader point that the format of the podcast has very much changed to try and be that more inclusive way in the sense that we're rotating those of us that are kind of hosting and involved. We're... I think most episodes so far have had a guest, or at least a good proportion of. So we are mm -hmm. sort of trying at least to at least represent more people rather than it being a sort of static three people talking heads. Um, and that's to say that there's easy scope for this little group of us to further expand. Um, and ideally in, in a kind of representative way um as well as again if, if 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 you have a project if there's something really cool you want to come on about in fairness even if somebody wants to just come on and reasonably rant about something we can do that too like we can mm -hmm. we can kind of do anything but what would be great is to hear from the community of what's going to be good for you mm -hmm. yeah because it, it shouldn't be about us right yeah like, we could come on and just talk whatever we want for an hour a week and that that would be cool but if it's only serving us it's kind of not doing not right. doing our, its job our, yeah right our wider objective is to serve a community and that community that we 
the we the community that we want to build, I guess, is to represent mostly early career researchers, um, who are, yeah, in, just mostly early career researchers in general, especially those who are, uh, sort of, uh, looking at science reform and like trying to get involved or like want to know more about that and anyone who's generally interested in I suppose how science works at the moment and mm -hmm. yeah and that means trying to represent those voices as well as, as best as we can yeah and for me it's uh, part of the importance of the community and well the values I guess that I would like to see reflected in the community is that I want it to be a supportive space I want it to be a safe space I want it to be a space where we can be accountable to each other and show humility. I think how we do that is just a, a practice. I think it's hard to prescribe and we'll figure it out sort of as we go along. But I think going in with clear values about what we want to accomplish and kind of space we want to make, especially if we want to increase diversity, I think safety is so, so important. And we have to model that first before we can you know, attract those people. We have to show and demonstrate that we're able to be a safe space. So that's, I think, both a challenge and an opportunity for those of us here who are facilitating the space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jan, did you have any thoughts on who you wanted to maybe highlight or empower in the in our listener group or in our in our space? I mean, I don't really have much to add. I agree with everything you all said so far. I mean, my my goal is mostly I want to be able to make this whole recording, editing, publishing stuff easier for the people who would come on just do the editing. Um, that if you if you don't have time, if you don't have the headspace uh, for anything but sitting down and speaking to a microphone for an hour, that um, we deal with all the rest, nothing you have to care about. Yeah, just to make it um, as easy, as lightweight, as fun as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, making it accessible to as many people as possible. If, yeah, if they want to be a guest, if they want to come on, yeah. Um, I suppose what are what are ways that people can get in touch with us, and what kind of what kind of what what are we looking for in terms of engagement? I suppose. I think the easiest way to get in touch with us is probably Twitter, right? Our reproducibility account, and then all of our individual accounts. Um, then our website, we have our email yeah. address, which is um, um, reproducibility at gmail dot com. That's the I one. I think. I hope. Yes, that yeah. should be it. I should have looked cool. it up before, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. can post it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And in terms of what we want to see or receive, for me, I'd like to hear what kind of topics you want us to talk about, maybe what kind of format you'd like to see. Do you want it to be segments? Are you happy with the 40-minute just talking through? Yeah, who would you like to see featured? Maybe those are some of the questions that I'd like to hear from our community about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, the, and there's so many things that we can do topics. as well. Sorry. Mm. Um, so, oh, yeah, go ahead. So it would be possible to set up 
uh, I don't know, Google Forms for suggestions, but also for audio clip drop-offs. That could Ooh, be yeah. either their own questions or five-minute segments about a topic or a project. We could, I've had vague, vague ideas about we could do a series on the hidden curricula that is the audience sharing their experiences that could be really cool and would be possible to do in mostly an anonymous way, hopefully, depending on the experience and the specifics um, and what's shared, etc. cetera. Um, because I think one of, one of the things that many of us have faced at different points is some kind of hidden if I'd have known this, I'd be four steps ahead of where yeah. I am now kind of thing. Um, and I can imagine a community like this being a a nice way of kind of collectively sharing some of those things and sort of helping to elevate one another. Um, so that there's lots of avenues that we could pursue for, um, for engaging and interacting with our community, our listeners, each other. Um, but we need we kind of need need to know what people want first is my my impression like we we could offer the world <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um but also we we finite things i i've used that gif quite a few times it's it's, it's good um <laughs> i like i like the idea of listener sort of questions and like you know a little tidbit audio clip saying i'm thinking that. about this thing and then we can riff off that um or find someone who might help us with the that thing or yeah. whether it might not even be an issue it might be a like uh like i love doing the phd uh or i love this part of scientific research you know that'd be that would be fun too um oh that would be nice one of the podcasts that we listened to for a while had a uh, fucking hooray section that was supposed to be there like we talk about depressing stuff quite a lot so here's us like finishing with a nice positive thing oh nice um so and, and even then like it, it doesn't have to be a vague thing right it could be celebrating a specific thing but i don't know again the, the way what people want this to be will probably define the structure that we mm-hmm. use i i really like the idea of in a sense, minimizing the amount that it's us talking to one another in the sense that kind of, I don't think people need to hear more than 10 minutes of what I have to say. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm just, I'm just another like white guy basically. And there's more, many, many more interesting people, but we can try and have this as a space to facilitate um, that kind of thing. So having spaces and avenues for that, I think could be really cool. But again, we sort of need the we need both the structure to allow that to happen and also to kind of do those outreach things ourselves to to facilitate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So all in all, I suppose we're saying please send us your feedback and let us know how we're doing, what would you like to hear, what you'd like to see, um uh like in terms of topics covered, in terms of guests that you might want to uh hear from uh yeah and uh you can do that via our personal twitters uh shall we we'll go around and share our little our twitters i suppose i'm on twitter at will nyam will underscore nyam 
Uh, so W-I-L-L underscore N-G-I-A-M. And yeah, that's uh, that's that. Uh, Sarah? I'm at Sarah underscore Sove. That's S-A-R-A-H underscore S-A-U-V-E. Go on, go on, Jan. Oh, me? I'm at Fornhagen JB. And Sam. And, Sam. and I'm Sam underscore D underscore Parsons. And I Great. will repeat and all of those in the outro again. Yes. There's also the reproducibility um, uh, account that we're hoping to use. And yeah, like. Should I be be the YouTuber, be the influencer, like yeah, like yeah. and retweet our our <laughs> podcast and yeah, drop um drop a review. I've heard that uh, reviews are the best ways of of spreading the word about a podcast. So if you really like what we're doing, if you think that more people should know about it, uh, put a review on any of the podcatchers, and that will help us reach more audience. More I, I think on yeah, SoundCloud you can also subscribe. So. Like and subscribe. I mean the 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 audio and the transcripts are also on the YouTube as well, right? So that you can yes. literally like and subscribe on there also. Look at yes. us press, being all press all the all buttons. Young and yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, and if you're interested in starting an open science community and having discussions like these at your local institution, go check out uh, reproducibility.org. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 You listen to Reproducibility Season 2, Episode 7, Community Values. Your hosts this episode all introduced themselves, so I won't repeat that. But this episode was produced by Sarah Sove and William Niem, and was edited by Jan Vornhagen. For more information, go to reproducibility.org. As usual, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.